should all be fine. This week on on Ruminate, Rob upgrades to the latest version of Mojave. <laughs> Rob, why don't you tell the people the troubles you've had? Well, up until 20 minutes ago when I called you, everything's been fine. All right. And then when I called you on Skype, it didn't have permission to access my microphone. And then we started recording and neither did Audio Hijack. And I had to restart Skype for some reason. Um, so, yeah. Upgrade into Mojave's gone really well. All right, all right. Well, welcome to the club. Uh, it's it's actually pretty stable and, and sound, I think. Unlike Cat, uh, not Catalyst. Unlike Catalina, which I have on an external SSD, been running it since I don't know last weekend. I think you know I've been. It, it's kind of, my life is a little bit of a blur right now. I've been back for about a week, a little over a week from WWC, and it took me four or five days before I got around to putting Catalina on this external drive and it runs fine but you know little things like trying to move a file from one folder to another in iCloud drive just doesn't work it just pops back to where it started I can work around it by doing cut copy and paste but you know it's it's both it and uh, iOS are pretty buggy at this point so I've been pretty careful about what devices I've been putting things on and and what I'm using this stuff for yeah, I haven't I haven't put any of the beaters on anything yet, although I was really tempted to do Catalina. Yeah. Um cuz I was playing around with Swift UI and going through some of the tutorials and just messing about with my own ideas, but unless you've got Catalina, you don't get the live preview, right. like the live canvas. Right, which is one of the um, biggest selling points of Swift UI. Right, exactly. So I was able to play around, you know, with the syntax and see what it actually does, but right. I still had to keep running it in the simulator every time. Um, and there's a few other tools that are missing. So that canvas isn't just a live preview. There's some other stuff that comes with that as well. Right. Like you can on that canvas, you can actually edit, you know, the uh, the UI elements in place, and it creates the code. So it's kind of like a it's a two way street. You can either type the code in yourself, or you can create the the code or create the, the interface graphically in this live preview, which will then make the code for you. Right, exactly. And there's also another feature um, that I saw in one of the sessions where you can press a plus button in the top right somewhere, and it gives you a list of all the sort of the components and the things that you have access to. Mm -hmm. That also doesn't exist if you're just running the Xcode 11 beta. Like, that's all included with the canvas preview yeah it's it's um, pretty neat i mean you can actually run a whole bunch of previews if you want you can make multiple previews for multiple types of devices and run different things going in each one of them and it's it's pretty cool i mean that way you can see you know different different screen sizes and all that and it's one reason i suppose the mac pro might actually uh have a development use i, I thought it was way too overpowered for development but if you're going to do stuff like that you're going to need some horsepower to run all those previews yeah i assume so i mean it i watched one of the sessions uh where they were showing off the you know the various different previews and having like multiple previews at once um and i don't know how they're doing it because obviously they say that you know it's compiling to an app just like you would expect it to kind of live right um but i yeah exactly but i guess they must be doing something smart because you can i mean the example i saw in one of the session videos was you know, you've got standard, then you'd had dark mode, and then they had like a, a left to right language. Right, right. I saw that right too. Right to left. So, yeah, the opposite way around to whatever we do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe the Mac Pro would be the best for this, but 
yeah, I, I, I'm kind of interested to see, but I really don't want to put a beta OS on my laptop yet. No, and I haven't. I mean, like I said, it's on an external drive, which so far so good. I mean, it is an extraordinary battery hog, including when my laptop is just shut and asleep. I mean, if I don't have it plugged into power and I go to bed at night, it'll be completely drained down to zero in the morning, basically. So it's, you know, it's very rough and very early. And I have turned off like syncing of, you know, iCloud syncing of a lot of different features just to avoid cross-pollinating and polluting my my iOS 12 and and Mojave devices. You know, like I turned reminders off in iCloud. I initially turned off notes too, although I have turned that on. So I've been, I'm just a little concerned about messing up my systems because I have... A uh, a colleague from Italy who you may know you may have heard of this guy. He's completely fouled up his iCloud account yet again, uh, <laughs> and is having lo- <laughs> lots and lots of troubles, especially with notes at the moment. And I'm not really sure what's going on, but he would share things and say, "Do you see the change I made?" And, never, and we're like, "No, what did you do?" It's it's the same as it was yesterday. I mean, nothing is sinking for him, and it's his sharing is broken and all sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of the reasons I'm not, you know, I thought about maybe putting it on my iPad. Um, but the problem is I still use reminders and notes on my iPad. And right. I do not, I mean, for me, you know, I know some of you guys have all got fancy to-do, to-do apps and all sorts <laughs> of things. Reminders is my to-do list. It's my to-do app. That's what I use. It, it's, so I'm obviously really excited for the changes. Yeah. But I cannot risk messing up what i've got right now well i do have a fancy task manager but it's built on top of reminders because it's a good task and good task just use and the reason i do that is because then i have all the good stuff that comes along with uh reminders as well like i can use you know siri to add reminders and that sort of thing it just flows through to good task so that's that's what i've been using but i think with this reminders may be powerful enough that i i may just you know go with it and not not use a separate task manager anymore there's a lot to be said for the integrations that they've got that are system level that aren't really enjoyed by other apps yeah and that's definitely to be honest that's a lot of the reason i've realized that the more you can use the stock apps that come with an iphone or an ipad or even the mac the better your life's going to be that that that's my advice. If you, <laughs> no, if you I, can get away with a stock app, yeah. your life is just going to be so much better. It, it's definitely true. I mean, the the thing that makes it hard though is that a lot of times Apple's apps are designed to get you like eighty percent of the way there, and if you've got certain more advanced features that you need, you can be kind of left, you know, using third party apps, which is fine. I mean, I use an awful lot of third party apps, but. Uh, but that you know, you really. I, I think though that with this release, both notes and reminders have made great leaps. And for me, the thing that I think is going to work out really well is the shared folders on notes. Because when I was trying to coordinate a bunch of different Mac Stories projects at one time, having a bunch of different shared notes with various people kind of scattered through my notes, even if I tried to keep them all in a, a common folder really was kind of hard. It was hard to keep track of who was sharing with what. And having a shared folder, I think, is going to make a big difference where I can just kind of have one-off folders for each person I share with and then drop everything in there and and know that it's going to be automatically shared. Because one of the things that I recently try, u- tried using is an app called Notion. Have you ever tried Notion, Rob? 
Uh, I have. Um, I think I might have signed up to have a play around with it, but you know, it's not something that I need. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it certainly looks really nice. It, it's super powerful, and it's kind of like a wiki style app where you can do you can do calendars in it. You can do tables and databases and checklists and and tasks and all all sorts of stuff. Right? Me- messaging people. It's all built in. The problem is, it is so non-native, both on iOS and the Mac. I mean, there's. Just there's so many things. Every single convention you can imagine is broken or done a different yeah. done a different way that it's that the friction involved in getting anything done with it is really high. And I've got actually a whole bunch of these notion pages that I guess we gave it a good ninety days or so from around the holidays through the end of March. And now we're not adding to what we have, and I think I'm gonna try to find a way to see if I can export it. I'm sure it'll be about as 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 good easy and good as trying to export something from Evernote, but uh as long as I can get text out at least, I hopefully will be okay. Yeah, you t- I, the notes thing with the shared folders, I think is definitely um I mean that's the biggest thing I care about, I think with notes because you know, like you, you know, you're sharing a lot with everyone at Mac Stories, and presumably you have shared notes with other people. Like, you know, me and Jess have like, four, five, or six shared notes, right. and they're all kind of, you know, I send, I start pinning them to the top, and then I'm like, well, hang on a minute, now I've got ten pinned notes, right. so I might as well have no pinned notes. Yeah. Um, you know, so it'd be nice if I could just say, oh, you know, that holiday we're thinking of taking, or you know, whatever it is we're planning, I can just create a note, and she's already got it. You know, I don't have to send another message with the link and. She clicks the thing, and you know it does the spinner where it's oh, like loading yeah. the note from the cloud. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you shake your fist at the cloud. Old man yells at cloud. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I've been. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm really getting there quite quickly now. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's um, yeah, it, that's that's something that's really nice about notes the the shared folders and there's there's just a lot of little other refinements that have been added that I think are going to be handy. Um, and I'll, I, I'm at the moment trying to clear out a bunch of old cruft from notes because I really do think that it's got, you know, it's got some advantage. You know, I guess you can do things like create subfolders on, on iOS now, which you couldn't do before you had to do that on the Mac, which meant that I just didn't have that many subfolders. So little things like that, I think are going to take it a long way towards being something I can use day in and day out. And as a result, I'm trying to clean it up a little bit so that I'm ready to go come fall and uh, have fewer folders and fewer old abandoned notes. Um, and then, like I said, too, reminders, I think I'm going to give that a shot as well, although I'm not ready to commit to turning that on and actually using it because there's so much stuff in there that is critical to the work I do that I don't want to have anything go sideways until, you know, so i got to make sure that it's relatively stable before I actually turn syncing on on iOS 13. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's, it certainly seems like they didn't want people running the beta this time. Um, yeah, that's you know, true. from the developer version because it had the, you know, the thrill seekers. You know, turn away, go go away. This is not for you. Um, yeah, and there, but there, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of little things I've heard. I mean, I have not investigated since the new beta came out this week, but you know, there were things like the folder structures in IA Writer, for example, were completely broken. So you could see top level stuff but you couldn't see anything in a folder and i think aspects of working copy were were having troubles as well but uh, as a result anything that i need for writing right now doesn't have doesn't have a beta on it because it's just it's just a little painful to deal with at the moment 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was, you know, see, this has been said on a bunch of shows, but that was a crazy keynote. Like, that oh, was, there was so much. I kind of got, you know, I had to, I took a break at one point and I just went off to the kitchen to get something because I was like, I can't, I can't sit through this whole thing. And like, even by the end, I was like, I'd forgotten the stuff that had happened at the beginning. Well, think of that and then think about think thinking that you have to write about it immediately. I, I it was it was crazy. I mean, we spread things out more this year, which was good, but there was so much to absorb. I mean, we I sat in my hotel room with Alex, who's another one of our writers, and we we watched it on my laptop on my MacBook Pro, and then we just sat there all afternoon writing, ordered in DoorDash. At one point Federico pops in to get a half a sandwich and then run back to the state of the union it was just i mean it's it was it was not exactly glamorous uh and it was it was incredibly chaotic and then on top of that you know we got a um federico got an interview with frederigi that we published on app stories which was a big deal and really cool we didn't even know until monday night who we were who he was going to interview so we were up late monday night kind of preparing for that and that happened on Tuesday, and then it got released a couple of days later, and it was just, it was a really chaotic trip, and, you know, usually people worry about leaving WWC and getting sick right away, because they've been up late, they've been doing, you know, meeting with a lot of people, and all this stuff. I solved that problem this year by going to WWC sick. I didn't really even know I was sick. I had a cough, and I was like, oh, it's allergies. It certainly wasn't allergies. It lasted for way too long and got way too bad while I was at WWC, but I was so tired the whole time that i didn't really notice that i was also sick um but i've gotten a lot better now i'm basically back that's a that's a that's a terrible life hack <laughs> it is a terrible life hack <laughs> go, get really ill go to a thing get no sleep go out at night and you'll yeah you're totally fine you'll just feel terrible the whole time which i did uh so it was it was really it was an intense week more so than most years and um it was fun i mean i always enjoy myself doing that but it was a huge blur and it still doesn't feel like aspects of it like that whole craig federighi interview or were actually real but uh yeah i guess it happened and now i'm home kind of back into my normal routine doing the things i do yeah for for another year until yeah i know until another <laughs> until i have to make sure i'm sick again and go back to california yeah i mean that yeah, that was just you know normally what would happen is i'd finish the keynote um, you know, and then maybe I'd sort of start looking around at, you know, the preview pages on Apple's site and maybe, you know, look at a few articles and stuff. At the end of that, other than the fact that top priority was ordering some watch watch bands that they'd released, because um, I needed that dragon fruit pink one. <laughs> um, you know, we got those ordered and I was just like, Do you know what, forget it. I'm just going to read some articles over the next few days, um, you know, because that, that was a really long keynote. There was so much going on. And I sort of wrote down some things so that at least in September I remember what the features are, because otherwise I'm just going to install it and then like not look at anything. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean that I I am at the point where I still don't feel like I've fully absorbed what happened, because um, you know it's one of those things where I had I had my assignments for writing that particular day and the next, and I didn't you know I I didn't really focus on the other stuff then, and so it really was two or three days before I was even home, before I had even read what everybody else on Mac Stories had published. Um, and that, that was my overview. And now I'm just been, I've been watching, I've been watching session videos. I've been reading a lot more of things that I saved that I saw while I was away. 
and working on a really big story on Catalyst, which I'm curious of about your about your take on Catalyst. But uh, yeah, I've been you know I've been digging deep into a lot of developer stuff and getting ready for the Mojave review. I mean, not Mojave, the Catalina review that I will do in the fall. Yeah, I mean the, the Catalyst stuff. I I feel like I feel like there's no downside to it. Um, you know, if it means that Overcast can come to the Mac, you know, which I think Marco has said he's he's gonna do. Right. Um even if it doesn't, you know, feel Mac like, you know, whatever that means, um, I don't really care. I, I as much as it would be nice if every app was perfect for the platform that it was running on, if it runs reasonably well and I, it means I can have Overcast with smart speed and all of the features that make Overcast the app that it is, or you know, whatever other podcast apps, you know, you've got Castro and stuff like that. It's got to be a win. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't buy into this. Oh, well, you know, it's not quite Mac-like and, and it doesn't matter. Like, as long as, as long as, all, all I can see is benefit. Um, yeah. Yeah, we might lose some, some sort of nicer Mac apps. Like, maybe we, you know, maybe some developer decides, you know what, I'm not going to do my Mac app anymore and I'm just going to use my iOS app on the Mac, but you know, that that's a decision for them to make and you know, sometimes the market will decide if that's what people want or not. But yeah, I, I can't see it as a bad thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm kinda with you on that. I mean what I think what bothers me the most about some of the back and forth debate on this stuff is the notion that there are no iPad apps worthy of being on the Mac. That the Mac's good the way it is. Thank you very much. You know, because part of that is, I think, the idea, which I'm sure we'll see this, which is that a lot of games and maybe video streaming services like Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu or whatever, those will be, those ha- have a good chance of being ported in large numbers to uh, the Mac. But there really are a lot of iPad apps that I use that just aren't available on the Mac. And I'd love to have them there, whether it's, overcast or you know i have some dictionary apps that i use for writing or all kinds of little utilities that i use when i'm on ios they're just not there on the mac and i feel like one of the things that this whole project is designed to do is to make you know to deepen the bench and broaden the choice available on the mac but I think in the end it might help the iPad too because you know that they were pretty upfront about that at WWC that you know Apple saying that if you use the cutting edge advanced features of things that are unique to what is now iPad OS, you're going to be a lot further along the path to be able to create a Mac app than you would be if you didn't do those things. So you know it's kind of a it's kind of a virtuous cycle as I as I view it. It's going to be. There's going to be there's a reason a bigger an added reason now for people to make iPad apps that are kind of pro level apps and incorporate all the advanced features because not only do they get you know kind of a, a premium iPad experience for their customers but they'll also be able to without as much effort bring it over to the Mac and access those people as well so yeah you know it's I think it's gonna I think it'll work out in the end. Um, there's there's definitely some challenges with it, and obviously nothing is a surefire win this far in advance. But but I'm pretty optimistic about it overall. Yeah, and I guess one of the other advantages for developers is that 
you know, generally on the Mac and maybe not in that app store itself, but generally on the Mac prices are a little bit higher for software. Um, you know, so not only is it a bigger market and having access to those people, but potentially there's more money to be made. Yeah, it, that, that's absolutely true. What's interesting, though, and I think that this is potentially something that's going to hold Catalyst back, is that there's less flexibility in business model using Catalyst because, as I understand it from the sessions, what you cannot do is you can't have what is effectively a universal app that crosses both iPad and Mac. You know, so you can have right now a universal app that's iPad and and um, iPhone where you charge one price for it and they share in-app purchases and they can be one subscription, all that kind of thing. That doesn't work with Catalyst. The Mac apps will be standalone apps, which means they'll have to be um, charged for separately, which is good if that's what you want to do. But if what you really, if what you'd prefer to do is charge one price uh, for both the iPad app and the Mac app, you're going to have to do a lot of server. You know, you have to set up a server and do receipt checking and all sorts of things, which is probably more hassle than a lot, especially smaller developers are willing to do. Yeah, definitely. I guess you know, as you say, we're we're still a couple of months out yet. Um... And we'll, you know, I guess we'll just see what happens. Um, we will. Overcast really is the biggest one that I care about. Um, yep. You know, that's, and I'm sure there are loads of others that I'm not even thinking of. Um, I mean, Reddit apps is one ah, that was that jumps the top to of mind. My list. Yeah, Apollo, right? You know that that jumps to mind because, you know, on iPad there's a bunch of these different apps. You know, you've got the official one, you've got Apollo. Uh, there's one that I use Narwhal? that's all like do a you, grid. Do you use Narwhal. I have used that in the past, but on my iPad, I've got this one that um, it almost reminds me of Flipboard, where it's like a grid of the images. Oh, okay. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Um, I'll see, if I can remember it, I'll add it to the show notes. Um, but for whatever reason, with Reddit apps, you don't you don't really get those on the Mac. No, um, they're there. Know. They're just not very good. Right. Exactly. Um, you know. So if we can potentially get one of those, you know, any of them, any of them will do. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. um, you know that will be a nice addition. Yeah, and I think everybody's got one or two apps at least like that. I mean, I I put together a list of like sixty that I came up with off the top of my head, um, just because I wanted. <laughs> that's more apps. That's more apps than I have installed on my phone. <laughs> well, but... <laughs> you know me, I, I'm notorious for having several hundred at any one time. So yeah, uh, yeah, it that there are definitely pockets of of things that that are on ios that would do really well i think on on the mac so you know hopefully we'll get it we'll see we'll see how it goes um i'm not i'm not poo-pooing it at this point i think what what's clear to me is that apple is tying the mac and the ipad together for whatever that means for people i think what it means is there's going to be a painful transition where a lot of people are going to be unhappy because things are not the way they used to be, uh, which is always the case when things change. But hopefully in the end, it all settles down to somewhere which is, you know, something acceptable for most people. So, you know, we'll see how it, we'll see how it turns out, I guess. Yeah, I guess we'll see in September and maybe I'll upgrade a little bit quicker this time instead of <laughs> yeah. nine months later. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you you said well, you said before we started recording, but you watched the E three. Um, I did, and I, I didn't watch any of the the presentations, but I did what you know. I watched a bunch of trailers and stuff for things. 
partly because all the times are really, really late at night for yeah, me. Yeah, no, I know um, they are. I mean, so for, I can't, I'm not going to stay up for those. Right. For me, it's like the middle of the afternoon and it was like, oh yeah, I'm just back from WWC and I'm exhausted. And yeah, I could just use a break right now. I'm just going to lay on the couch and watch Microsoft announce their games. And then, you know, there was a Nintendo Direct and there was Square Enix and a whole bunch of other uh, big developer presentations that were done throughout the day uh and and there was some good stuff i mean i'm i'm not i wasn't super excited about what i saw i think i really was uh most i guess i was most taken by death loop which is a pretty cool game that's involves uh fighting and time travel or something it looks really interesting there was a tra- there was a trailer. It's made by a French game company, and I I really don't know much about it. But if you check out the uh, the trailer, it looks really cool. Yeah, I'm wait. Well, yeah, I'm definitely gonna. I'll, I'll try and find the trailer um, so I can check that out. Because yeah, as you say, time travel and fighting. Yeah, I'm I'm in. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Cyberpunk is so hyped up at this point. Um, you know, I I've said to you before, like it's not for me because it's first person and that kind of gives me sort of motion sickness right. um i might power through it because this game looks ridiculously cool it does i mean i wonder if it's going to be one of those games where it's impossible for it to do anything but disappoint because it's so overhyped um but but i do, do you remember when it's coming i i really i i think i'll probably play it yeah i think it's i think it's around this time next year yeah what, i think one of the, one of the things that was a theme that i noticed during e3 this year was Far too many games that I thought looked interesting or cool are 2020 games. So there was very little that it was like, oh, and we're almost done, and we'll have it in September. There was very little of that. Yeah, well, I think it's got pretty quiet. I mean, Sony weren't there this year at all. Right. Um, but I think it's got pretty quiet because Sony and, Mark- uh, yeah, Sony and Microsoft are both releasing new consoles next year, we think. Um, so... That, you know, presumably that's why Sony weren't there this year because anything that's that interesting that they've got to show off is in the future probably for the PS5. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe next year will be more interesting. I assume next year is when we're going to get the announcement of the consoles and stuff like that. Um, yep. You know, I know Sony have been talking about it in interviews and stuff, so they're being pretty open about it, but nobody's really saying, do you know what? There's not going to be that many games <laughs> for the next right. sort of... 18 months because we're not giving you all our best games right at the end of a console generation right right so as a result i think we're going to have to be happy with the switch and the good thing news is there are a lot of neat switch games coming i mean there's Link's awakening that's one that i'm interested in um there were the big bombshell in the nintendo direct was that there's going to be a new zelda game um on the switch you know a, a sequel if you will to breath of the wild that it's in development, no dates, no year, nothing. Uh, my guess, I bet it's a 2021 game. May even be a next generation Switch game at this point. But but uh, it's definitely nice to know that they're working on it. Yeah, the only the only reason I think I disagree with you is because there was some reports came out today that the reason that they're making it so quickly, or at least announcing it. Uh-huh. Is that they? This was all DLC ideas, and then they had too much oh, DLC stuff. So interesting. It's all based on the same sort of engine and world and stuff like that. I think. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, that that was had, the impression yeah. I've got. So, you know, we may even be looking at sort of 
holidays next year. That would be great. Um, I, yeah, I had not seen those reports. That that's good to know because I and I could definitely see that happening because the the DLC they've already done is quite good. Yeah, I mean, this is essentially what they did with Majora's Mask on the N sixty four. Like they, you know, they they took the same game engine and just sort of came up with you know new ideas and and that kind of thing. Right. So, um, you know, we might get lucky. We might get another one next year, and maybe me or you might have actually finished the game by then. <laughs> maybe. What <laughs> what game? One. What game should I get? I'm thinking of getting my friend Pedro. I'm thinking that that's my next Switch game. That's that game that's just got like acrobatic shooting people. Um, oh, okay. Super I don't think violent, I've heard of that super one. violent. It's from Devolver Digital. Uh, they're the pu- they're the publisher, at least. Um, so, my friend Pedro, I think it's coming out. Don't quote me on this, but in the next week, I think. And the other one is Ape Out. Ape Out is one I think I ought to, I ought to be playing. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mentioned earlier the only one right now because I'm still kind of catching up on trailers and stuff and seeing what's coming out. Um, but I'm definitely going to be picking up Crash Team Racing on Friday, I think. Yeah. Because, um, you know, Mario Kart's great. I've long said that it is essentially a perfect game. Specifically, the Switch version is basically just a perfect game. But there's only so many hours you can put into a game like that. Right. Um, before, you know, it's still fun at parties and, you know, got friends around or whatever. But I'm not going to sit there for three or four hours playing by myself because you know i've done all the courses and got all the stars and all that kind of stuff right. um you know so even if crash team racing is kind of more of the same but you know with different courses that's going to be enough to kind of keep me going and, and have something different to play yeah no that, that makes a lot of sense yeah i i've been you know with wwc i haven't played a lot of games recently i've been playing a little cuphead as i think i mentioned to you as well as some super smash that's been about it and it's been pretty limited but i'm definitely you know we've got we've got a you know long summer coming up so i'm gonna i'm gonna dive into some stuff and i'm trying to figure out i need you know what i really should be doing is i should be tracking all these games in an app um and i have many options i just haven't been very good about writing them down <laughs> i know it's probably yeah. three or four i could recommend right now yeah i have all my games on a trello board um all right that works that, that was just that was a, that's a nice quick solution um but you know, you know apps, so I do, <laughs> I do. The problem with Trello is that it's an Electron uh, app, Rob, and you know what I think about Electron. You, oh no, you're going to make no, me talk no, no. about shut Electron. Shut it down! Shut it down! <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we need to end the show. It's, it's a great service, but it's an Electron <laughs> app on the Mac, so you know there there, yeah. there there is that. Yeah, well, you are you are well well known for uh, not liking that, so. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, we'll stop that. All right, all right. Before you get let's, on a let's ramp. hope that Rob comes to his senses and stops installing Electron apps. Oh, come on! <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks, um, and I'm sure we'll have some more exciting stuff to talk about. Sounds good. Talk to you later, Rob.